Welcome to the Real Estate Reserve Podcast with your hosts, Jason Balin and Ian Horowitz. What's up, what's up, what's up, Ian? What's up, man? How you been? <clears throat> not too bad. Not, not too bad. Today is, what's today, Wednesday already? Yeah. Today is, today is Wednesday, May 13th. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, if you've tuned in before, you know that we like to timestamp everything because we talk uh, pretty regular with local experts to see what they're currently doing in the real estate investing market. But we also kind of try to bring you as much up-to-date news as we see it. And stuff that we talked about yesterday might not be relevant tomorrow. So we've been timestamping everything to make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, I do have a big favor if you're, however you're watching this, if you're watching this live, um, please feel free to share the feed. Uh, that'd be much appreciated. Share the broadcast. I'll put that up on the screen here right now. You told you use the word share. The AI is probably listening and now we're going to go to the bottom and not get any views. We're, we're we'll be all right. We'll, we'll be, we'll be all right. Welcome oh, to the real estate. Enough. What? Well, we're not popular enough now that, you know, AI is not watching us. And we're fine. Well, so welcome to the Real Estate Reserve Podcast. Today on the agenda, we have Jesse Spun. Very excited to ask him some questions. Uh, he's a flipper, mostly in the Baltimore area. Uh, and the cool thing, which I'm glad we're able to get him on the show today, is he's currently buying properties. He's currently selling properties. He's currently in the midst of construction for properties. So curious to ask him a bunch of good questions related to how he's finding his properties right now. Uh, techniques he's doing to sell for top dollar. And obviously, always curious to know how people are doing with their renovations right now and how that process is coming along. What else yeah. you got, Ian? No, that, uh, I'm excited to bring Jesse on. He's, uh, he's still actively doing stuff. You know, he's hands-on like me, um, which <clears throat> I think ultimately uh, puts out a better product. For those of you that didn't get a chance to watch us yesterday before Jesse jumps on, we did an Instagram live regarding some uh, stuff that's going on in Baltimore City, uh, proposed things that could affect landlords. Um, if you didn't see that yesterday, there's some proposed uh, a renters act, or I'm not really sure what it's called, um, but legislation that was approved by city council that's waiting for the mayor to sign off on. Um, if you saw me yesterday, I was sad. Today I woke up, I'm in a better mood. I'm ready to rock and roll. I got my... Uh, Whatever heck crystal this is, I rubbed it. And I said, oh, you know, it's good for me. It's good for my business. Now I'm in a better mood now, but we can talk about that after we bring Jesse on. Um, uh, uh, let's bring it, Let's bring Jesse in real quick. What's up, Jesse? How are you? What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. What's up, man? Jesse, you want to give a, a quick background? We've known you, we've known you for a while now. Uh, you got the old school HMB shirt on. Um, but if you want to introduce yourself to everybody so they know who you are and what you do. Yeah, first, let me just start out by saying I'm a little disappointed that um, I got beat out by Zach Bryant. Uh, uh, yeah. RJ, RJ put, you up, put, put you up there? No, no. <laughs> but, no, it's all good. Zach's a good guy. Um, yeah, no, I've been uh, wholesaling for a couple of years and then kind of phased out of that and have been flipping for the past, like, year, year and a half pretty heavily. Um Baltimore City, some deals in Baltimore County, but um, had some rentals. So I kind of had my hand in a little bit of everything at this point. Yeah, I guess it's probably good that the uh, wholesaling for you, because you were, you were one of the um, 
the uh, courthouse guys. You usually go down the courthouse steps all the time. For those that don't know who Jesse is, um, he was one of those guys, you know, just like on TV, he would go down the courthouse steps, bid on stuff blind, and you were down there every day. I guess it's almost a blessing in the sky what happened with you that, you know, you're not in that game right now because that was a primary source of your income there for a while. Yeah, I mean, we were doing that regularly um, five days a week for probably three and a half, four years. And I think um, around the same time, well, we probably stopped going down there about a year ago. And I mean, I think at that point, deals were starting to dry up and people were just overpaying for everything. There wasn't any money to be made. I mean, maybe here or there, but to do it, you know, full time, it just, you know, the juice really wasn't worth the squeeze. And um, yeah, now thankful to have gotten out and, you know, flipping full time now. What do you, um, I was going to say, Jason, real quick, or uh, Jesse, while we're on that thought, um, I don't know if it's something that you plan on going back down to do, but do you see that as a viable business option um, after all this stuff kind of blows over and there's some maybe some pushback? Do you, do you see that market coming back? Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a ton of foreclosures. I think it will come back and probably, you know, stronger and there'll be more volume than there was before. Um, now, I haven't really thought about going back myself. Now, if I do, I don't, you know, I can't run around. I was looking at all the houses, going to the sales myself. It's just a ton, a ton of work. Um, so if I were to go back, I'd have to kind of, uh, you know, attack that differently. But so, yeah, I so your original, sure. so your original model was acquisition model was just buy at auction, and then I, I guess these were wholesales, and you were just doing substitute purchaser agreements to to sell them to other investors. What after that changed a year ago, how are we getting the majority of your deals? Yeah, so we were wholesaling everything from the courthouse. Um, the properties that I've flipped, I've gotten off the MLS, just keeping an eye on stuff there um, and being really proactive. You know, if I see something come, come up, I'm writing on it right away. Um, we've developed, uh, you know, some pretty strong relationships with certain wholesalers that we know bring good deals and you know, they know that we're very serious buyers. So um, from certain wholesalers, MLS, and then just random relationships with people. Um, I mean, like even last week, we put one under contract from a building inspector that has been out to a couple of our properties recently. And, you know, his mom was ready to sell and he knows that we put out a good product and all comfortable right. selling the house to us. So, yeah, I mean, that's the importance of having good relationships and put your best foot forward. And, you know, you, you get to build rapport like that. And, you know, I guess that's the advantage of you being out on the job site all the time. You know, same with us. We When we were out in the streets every day, you know, people would come up and say, hey, you want to buy this house or my mom's got this going on or whatever else. You know, it's definitely a competitive advantage. What, uh, what are you working on right now in the way of uh, either flips or rentals or what do you got going on? So as far as nothing really rental wise, um, I've got my eye on a few things, but um, I'm still trying to kind of get all my, you know, ducks in a row as far as that goes. But for flips, um, we've got do, 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 house in Timonium that's under contract uh, to be sold the end of this month. We've got one that's getting ready to be listed tomorrow. Um, two under construction and then one under contract. 
Excuse me. Nice. Um, all those ones. It, when when did you put um, the ones that were on the market? So you, I think you were telling us before we went live that from March first. I don't even know, Jason. Do you remember when the pandemic started? I don't know. If you even remember anymore? I think it was like March fifth is when Hogan announced the uh, the first yep. few cases in Montgomery yep. County. And you've sold. You've done. You've sold. And so everybody knows you're you're kind of like more like a boutique. You're not one of these go out and do fifty houses a year. You do a few a month, and that's it. So for you to do three houses from March until now on market that, you know, that's right in your wheelhouse. What, how, what was your experience, um, you know, with listings and sales and, you know, uh, getting deals done? What, what did that look like for your retail buyers? Sure. So um, we put a house on the market. Uh, I think it was March 7th. List price was 300,000 which is actually, you know, pretty aggressive. I mean, the highest comp was 280 at the time. Um, but, you know, again, it was a, it was a great house. It, it came out really well. Um, and we had, I want to say we had one open house and then four days on market sold for, you know, under contract 300,000. Um, it appraised. And then a couple weeks later, we had two houses right across the street from each other um, that were getting ready to hit the market about a, a week apart. So that house was 250000 and multiple offers. And then the backup offer we pushed to the house across the street, um, pre-sold that, didn't even have to go live or anything. Um, so we've been really lucky. You know, I don't think... Now, I know this isn't going to be the norm, you know, and it's definitely not going to continue to stay like this. I think in, in months to come, it's going to be a whole lot different. But, you know, we've been very lucky that things have sold fast for top dollar. And I think that like what you had mentioned before, Ian, I mean, you're in the streets, we're in the streets. We're constantly going by our houses while they're under construction because, you know, we want to put out a good product and set ourselves, you know, apart from from everyone else that's flipping houses. So I think when a seller or when a buyer comes through one of our properties, you know, they they realize that the seller did put a lot of thought in the design, functionality, uh, you know, quality of, of our houses. And we've got to really, you know, we can't lose sight of that because now more than ever, things are just going to be, you know, off the charts. Yeah, I mean, you've you've been expressing what I think Ian and myself see along with everybody else we've had on the show that real estate is is open for business and has been open for business and everybody is hungry and it's not just real estate investors, it's also home sellers and home buyers on the same same end. Um, you know, RJ listed a property. I've been telling this story a bunch. RJ listed one of our rentals that we had uh, after we turned it over. It, we had a turnover. We decided just to throw some money into it and resell it. And a week before, a week before this all happened, we put it under contract. And then all this happened, and we were uncertain of what was going to happen. A week after this all happened, uh, the guy uh, put it under contract for over over asking. Reached out to him, and his thoughts were. You know, it's the property I want, it's the price that I want. Financing's cheap. It makes sense right now. Why not? Right? And we didn't have many hiccups. You know, we were kind of waiting for that hiccup to, to occur and it was just a regular transaction. So it was uh it was good news. And I, you know, we we've always talked about how everybody's very optimistic, obviously cautious, but optimistic. Let's talk a little bit about construction, um, crews, timelines, things like that. Has construction in general been just normal or has there been other additional hiccups with uh, getting crews um potentially getting supplies you know i've heard stories where 
you know, some certain supplies are hard to get currently right now, or does construction seem to be, you know, in, in normal order? Yeah, I mean, I haven't personally, you know, heard anything from any of my guys, you know, regarding supplies, but I'm sure, you know, that that's not the case. And I mean, but yeah, and you were nodding your head. I'm sure like you guys have ran into issues with uh, some of your build outs, but you know, it's, it's definitely very important to keep our workers safe. And, you know, also we got to consider the neighbors, you know, a lot of these are townhouses and, you know, we don't know their situation. So, um, yeah, if, if things go longer than expected, which they always do, you know, we have to understand that with, you know, what, what's going on right now, that that's okay. Um, again, you know, just limiting the, the number of workers in the property, making sure they all have their, you know, masks on. Um, but, no, I mean, it hasn't been too much of a hiccup yet. What, um, I, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say this. It's been a while since I've actually had a building inspection. How's the city and the county been handling uh, building inspections with, uh, with them coming out with uh, inspectors to inspect the work that you have going on? Has there been any change in that? Are they doing videos or what are they doing? Yeah, so from, from our experience, you know, the couple that I've met out there, they just make sure, you know, no one's in the house, all the workers, you know, step outside, you know, myself as the owner, you know, outside and they go in and do their thing by themselves. Nice. I see, uh, I see you got some love mail here. Old Ross. <laughs> uh, Jesse, where's my shout out on helping you get that last house ready for market? Uh, yeah, so. it took a, a couple of days longer than expected, but, um, now nah, Ross definitely came through. He was he was clutch on that. Nice. Um, <clears throat> what should we call it? So your houses that you've been listing, are you staging them? Or are you you uh, have you have you had to do like any additional staging pictures or Matterport? Did you have to go through any of that with the houses that you recently listed? Um, always, you know, we always stage the houses. Um, we use Studio A staging. Um, yeah. They do a great job. And, but yeah, no, no Matterport or any of those 3D tours, you know, we haven't done any of that. Nice. Um, if you don't mind us asking, how do you normally capitalize your projects? Are you using uh, private lenders, hard money? Are you using uh, bank debt? And have you seen any changes in what you're doing and your availability for capital to do deals? Um, yeah, hard money, private lenders. Um, haven't seen anything change yet. Um, you know, I'd like to say we're, we're very, you know, good borrowers. Um, so, you know, those that we are borrowing from, you know, they trust us and they know the deal that we're going to get into, you know, will make sense. And, um, you know, we usually kind of account for, you know, worst case scenario and even in the worst case scenario, we'll, we'll be okay. So. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Very similar stuff to the, to a lot of our clients. I think every, everybody right now, you know, it's funny because when a lot of these institutional back lenders paused, I think a lot of the local investors were like, oh, well, there's no capital. I can't get funding anymore. I've seen it on message boards and stuff like that. But in general, those institutional back lenders were new to the game to begin with. There's still a whole array of private capital, uh, hard money, along with local banks that have always lent and will continue to always lend. Yes, things might change up a little bit. And yes, uh, it might be a little bit harder to start off now if you don't have a relationship with somebody or a track record with somebody, but that, that's out there and that's not going anywhere. I mean, real estate in general, all three of us all invest locally and there's a reason for that. We invest locally, we use local resources, um, all of our assets are local. I mean, uh, there's a big part of that. 
And I think in general, where you know, if if you kind of do that and you have those local resources, there's always opportunities. There's, you know, you're you're finding deals from people locally. You're getting capital from people locally. Like it goes, it goes a long way. Yeah, and I think if uh, you know, people always ask, well, you know, how do you find your banks? Uh, honestly, I've been beating the phone recently, just calling and asking my banking contacts what's up. There's capital out there. I promise you. I, I had a great conversation this morning uh, with a local bank who has some very, very nice rates if you're willing to take a potentially little bit lower LTV and, you know, not a crazy long term. I mean, there's some really good rates that, you know, make you think, should you refinance or should you establish a line of credit? Um, so definitely pick up the phone. Jesse, what do you what do you think is going to happen here in the future or, or what's your future plans um, coming up? Are you going to continue at the same, uh, ha- you know, rate that you do the houses or you know are you going to slow down or what's your expectation yeah i mean well it's never really been you know quantity for us like oh we got to do 30 houses a year or whatever it's you know it's just got to be a good deal um i'd rather do one house a year than 30 and make the same you know so um so we'll stress the underwriting a little bit more um you know i don't know what what the future holds, but I'm just, you know, kind of stay in my own lane and just worry, you know, focus on a few things. Um, like I know for, for certain that we're going to stay in areas that we're comfortable with and, and properties that we're comfortable with. I mean, two months ago, I was looking at houses in say Anne Arundel County, Carroll County, Harford County, um, that I hadn't done many deals in, but now it's just, I'm going to focus strictly on, you know, Baltimore city, uh predominantly row houses if it's a you know detached you know i don't i don't want to do a full gut you know reno you know more um more cosmetic flips um you know ranchers are fine you know stuff that we're just used to and we can anticipate like the nuances that that are to be expected and and kind of adapt you know uh, before they happen um trying to think what else um as far as the future goes i mean like a lot of the deals that we've been getting have just been off the MLS or through wholesalers and uh, just random relationships. But I think now, you know, we'll do some direct to, to seller marketing, um, you know, just to try and get these prices, these houses at a, just a little bit deeper of a discount. Yeah. What's your what's your thoughts on the market in general? I mean, no one obviously knows for sure, but, you know, it's kind of a good, good, good thing to ask, like. You know, what's your thoughts? Do you, do you know there's speculation that we could have a little mini boom come summertime as people are more comfortable to list their house and have people come into their houses? Um, it seems like that could potentially happen. And who knows? And that actually could be a scary thing because in general, the writing's on the wall that there's economic issues and potential long-term real estate issues. But if we have a little mini boom, which could happen um, in, in general, like sellers haven't you know, they're not volunteer. You know, if they don't absolutely need to list their houses right now, they're not. They're not. Um, we have a little mini boom. Who knows what happens? That could change everybody's opinion on things. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what what the future holds. Don't really, you know, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> um, but I think, like, you know, right now, a lot of sellers that were occupying their house, you know, pulled it off the market, which really works in our advantage you know flipping and selling a vacant house so we've got more buyers you know looking at our house than before um 
Yeah, I really have no idea. I mean, what interest rates, I think as of today are like around three and a half or like three, six. Um, I don't know. You know what? I personally love this. I got to applaud Jesse right now. Honestly, excuse me. The (laughs) fact that he's like, screw it. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to do whether I do one house and make a million bucks this year, or I do five houses and make that same million bucks. I'm down. Like, it doesn't matter. Like he is so hyper-focused on his market and understands his market. It doesn't matter if the market's fluctuating like this everywhere else in the city, the county, or the nation. He knows specifically in Federal Hill or Locust Point, I can do this. And that's all that matters. I mean, I think that's a better takeaway than having any of us predict the market. I mean, congratulations. I I love it. No, that's right. I mean, that's right. Small, nimble, lean companies are always the one, in this case, that are going to survive because Hey, if they need to change stuff up, they can change stuff up. If, if whatever, uh, Baltimore City all of a sudden, you know, doubles their percentage of tax assessments of what property tax are going to be, and people, more people want to move out of the city. Cool. Well, now I'm going to move to the county. I mean, we're all kind of lucky where we live, and I'm not going to use the word insulated, Ian. That uh, that uh, I've, I I like to use in the past related to how we are a little bit more insulated than other areas of the country, but like. We're, you know, we have Baltimore, then there's a lot of subsectors. We have DC, there's a lot of subsectors. Screw it. We even got Philadelphia and there's subsectors if we need to. There's plenty of micro markets around here with plenty of opportunities. There's always going to be opportunities. There's always is, there always are opportunities. And, you know, if you grow too fast, I mean, listen, I've done a lot of loans for investors that are reliant on doing 50, 60, 70, 100 properties a year. I don't even want to know what happens behind the scenes on those balance sheets. They're a mess. They got to be, you know, they're, they're taking money from this project to put into this project and they're taking money. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not a business model that any of us like any of us have. It makes, it makes so much sense to stay small, stay lean. Hey, if I don't got buy a property, if I don't do a loan, if I don't do whatever this month, it's not the end of the world, right? There's going to be one behind it and I'll find the, and I'll find the right one. And, you know, I love the fact, like you said, and I think we're big advocates as, as well as, if, if, you know, if I only can do one project a year and make the same amount of money, why do multiple, multiple, multiple? I mean, we were personally asked that question a million times over the last five years because all the hard money lenders our size completely went to taking on an institutional model and had thin margins that made very little money. And it was just a volume game. And, you know, I've talked to reputable hard money lending companies that I know that we all know who come up to me before and say, hey, I know your business model lending out 30, 35 million. Well, we did five or six times that this past year and our bottom line number is less than yours because I know what your model is. And it's like, so I'm like, well, why do it? And it's, I, I don't know, it's a different model. People just want to scale and it's a big, you know what, competition to see who can do the most deals, but who cares about how many deals you do? Yeah, <laughs> Doesn't, exactly. like that, that's, not the met, that's not the metric, how many deals you do. Great, you did a hundred deals, your bottom line net figure zero. That's not impressive. Like yeah, everyone, quality, always, life is, quality of life is zero too at that point. Yeah, the, the most you know the the most important number you know is your your actual net revenue, not your gross volume or how many deals that you did. Like, who cares about it? Who cares about any of that? So, you know, yeah. it's good it's good that you reiterated that as well. Yeah, no, definitely take that simplistic uh, mindset, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Jesse. Where um, you'll leave us with any lasting words or the best place to find you? How can people get in touch? Book, books. We need to talk about his book. His favorite. Oh. His favorite. Uh, that's a good question, Ian. That you've been bringing up and you forgot it. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Jesse, what's your favorite book? Aside from uh, yours. No. Oh, thank uh, you so much. <laughs> 
Well, it only, nah, I just read um, nope. recent book. Yeah, recent book. No, I just read E Myth, or yeah, I think it's E Myth. Um, how the first, for the first time, really? why? Yeah, for the first time. No, why? What is it? Uh, why most small businesses don't survive or something? Easy read, but like a lot of really like practical, useful information. Uh, um, I'm definitely going to reread it, but I suggest that you know everyone. So, so you, so you are the technician, the manager, or the visionary? <laughs> I'm the mule. I'm the I'm the technician, and I'm trying to get out of that, man. Yeah, that's okay. I, like I mean, listen, every, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, that's you know, that's the biggest takeaway that everybody gets out of that is they go from the technician phase and the manager phase to the visionary phase, and sometimes mm -hmm. they go back, and you know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with any of them, but now the EMF three visit is is a great book, and it actually is best. And I agree, like re rereading it is best because. I read it when I was a technician. I read it when I was a manager. I read it as I was a technician or as a visionary. And over you know our careers, sometimes those roles flip flop, and you go back from being a visionary maybe back to a technician. Um, so you get different things out of it in different points in different in different times. Yep. All right. Well, yes, sir. Uh, Belden saying county permitting is awful right now. Two weeks out. Well, you know, I'll be honest here. I'll go out on the record and. Hopefully, old Chesky comes and knocks on my door. But the county permitting office sucks. It straight up sucks. You physically have to go there. You can't do anything online. It's a, it was a goddamn nightmare before all this. And Zach Bryan says, "What's up, Jesse? So, uh, <laughs> What's up, brother? He misses you." But we've had two great interviews this week, so we appreciate it, Jesse. Where's the best place people can find you? And if you'd be so kind enough to put your contact info up in the comments, if they do want to track you down. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not all too active on either one of those, um, but I probably should be. Uh, let me see. How do I drop a comment? How do I? Um, I don't know. You'll probably have to go back to the Facebook yeah. and dump it in there. But uh, you find them on yeah, Facebook. Send me a message or a friend request or a follow. And yeah, let's connect and do some deals. 100%. Well, we uh, we appreciate your time. I hope it uh, was as fun for you as it was for us. And uh, we will Yeah. Thank you guys very much for having me. We'd love to jump cool, on in a couple months and see how things are going uh, at that point. Sounds Absolutely. like a plan. I really appreciate right, it. See you guys. Thanks, man. See you. Thanks. Yeah, man. Good, good, good stuff. Good stuff. You know, it, it's such the same trend, and I love it. Everyone's optimistic. Everyone's yeah. optimistic. Everyone's doing deals in real estate and optimistic. Like that's the takeaway. That's just, that's what it is. There's not one person who's come on here that's doom and gloom of like, hey, the world's blowing up. We don't want to do business. Everybody's optimistic. Everyone's doing deals and they're doing whatever they can. If they've got to pivot, if they've got to change, if they've got to move things around, they're doing it. And they're optimistic. I'm going to throw the word cautious in as well because we all are. But well, that's yeah. the game. It's the beauty of the industry. And I wanted to bring this up at the beginning of the conversation. I have a very close friend of mine who we partnered on several deals together. Called me up yesterday. He says, oh, my God, Ian, I see you on the Internet everywhere. Like, what's going on? Where's the market headed? So I, I don't know. I said, I just get on there and I talk. I, I don't really know. He goes, but, yeah, it seems like you have a good stronghold. And I, I was like, well, sure. We're talking to multiple different people and we understand we get to see what everybody sees and, and seeing each underlying business from Zach to Jesse to <clears throat> RJ, the day that we did the huge blowout, um, everybody was on at once, just like where everybody is and, and what they, uh, 
what they're seeing and where they're going has helped paint in a better picture. He says, but yeah, unemployment, the stock market's out of control. Comparatively speaking, the unemployment, nothing makes sense. There's dumb money in the stock market. That That's my personal opinion. Um, anybody can go buy a stock. Not anybody can go buy a house. Not anybody can go sell a house. And, you know, he does some private lending and other things. And he said he's made some changes to his business and protecting himself. And that's all you can do. Um, so out of all of that, what was I trying to say is that everybody's optimistic. People are still doing deals. Um, people are making, you know, changes. Uh, and, you know, he, he said, so I was asking him and we were talking. He said, you know, why I called you. He's like, I'm just trying to collect information because that's all I can do right now to really understand. And that's exactly what we're doing here is just collecting information and presenting it to everybody. And the more information you have, the more informed you are, the better decisions you can make to advance your business or protect your business or whatever you need to do um, where you're at in your business. That's that's what it's about. Fair. I, I see your comments. I'm not 100% sure what this means. Does that mean I've been talking to a wholesaler as a property listed for is that fifty thousand? Fifty thousand want to sell. Uh, if you if you uh, elaborate a little bit of what you're looking for, happy to answer any questions that you have on this uh, podcast live. No problem with that. Um, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, dude, I just it's all coming out of me all at once. So keep it keep it coming. I'm ready for keep another one. So going back to what he was talking about, I was telling him about what's happened in the city and the proposed changes that aren't signed off on yet. Luckily, Jack Young's potentially talking about not signing that um, thing with the, you know, not being able to charge late fees and uh, no rent increases and all that other good stuff um, where that's going. But then last night I shot you a text that there's talks of another round of funding and extending some of the PPP stuff um, from what I understand in this latest $3 trillion package that they're trying to package up and push along. I don't want to get political, uh, depending what you believe in. That's not what we're here for. But they are in talks of extending that from an eight week to a 24 week, which Jason, I to believe. Uti to utilize have. the money to utilize the money that way. Yeah. I mean, eight weeks, you know, for some people isn't enough to utilize the funds. 24 weeks, obviously plenty, I'm guessing, right? Right, you would assume, but then the other question is, is there gonna be another round of funding or additional funding? Because we took, a lot of us took money based on eight weeks, um, you know, but if this extends, do we need 24 week money? Is there gonna be another round of funding? I just think I saw in California, uh, some counties have already extended another three months into August. Um, however, in South Carolina, everything's open and running for business. We're, we're stuck here in Maryland with, we don't know what's going on, but we're here. Um, so I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong with the fact that they're talking about it. Um, and there's a potential for another round of funding. I think it's beneficial for everybody. So, um, oh, shit, yeah. what else I was going to tell you? Oh, uh, I did notice a lot of the mortgage trusts that are publicly traded recently took a beating in their stock prices. I'm guessing that there's some missed payments coming up. I'm not sure why there was a major, uh, I think they've dropped like, 15% in the past two days. Um, yeah, but that, that's probably stuff that was that affected them weeks ago, though. Um, right. Like, I don't like I doubt that would I mean, that could be from May, that could even be from April 1st. Who knows? Right. So I mean, that's is, typically how long it takes for some of these impact these things to have. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see where that continued fallout goes. But like I was saying earlier, um, I literally hung up the phone earlier today and was talking about refinancing the better part of our portfolio and 
very, very attractive rates at a great leverage piece um, over a nice long period of time. So I was super excited about that. So in the end, business is getting done. So <clears throat> do it. Well, real estate business is getting done. Real <laughs> investment residential real estate business is getting done. I mean, you know, we, we can get uh, Jim Shivers back up here, commercial stuff, but I am curious between, you know, a, a lot of people that we overlap with day to day are, um, you know, uh, commercial brokers, uh, brokers that lease properties, not just sell properties. And I'm curious to know about leasing commercial buildings right now, uh, retail buildings, things like that, where, warehouse stuff. Like, I'm curious to see kind of where that where that goes. Um, yeah. And, and, all, and, all, and also, we have a few friends that develop high end properties in 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 Washington, D.C., you know, there's more of that like condo conversion and development stuff going on in the DC area than than Baltimore. Not that it doesn't happen in Baltimore, but there's more there's more of that type of stuff and trying to bring some folks and experts in that space to just see where they're at, see where they're at related to their capital, see where they're at related to um, you know projects underway and things like that, and yeah. you know see if kind of there's things are still chugging along and moving along. Yeah, no, 100 percent and. That's the question is, you know, that warehouse space, what, what's going to happen with that? I mean, I see major distribution warehouses. I think I just read an article that Be Bezos is well on his way to being a trillionaire or he, he is a trillionaire with all this going on that Amazon's, you know, jamming along. Um, so those are all interesting pieces of the market. The high end development, I would be interested to see what those guys are thinking, you know, but we had Vernon Vaughn on here. He's still doing new development deals, doing infill lots. and. It's just yeah, like, but they're one. That's one lot at a time. That's you know, that's not a whatever a 10, 20 plus unit, you yeah. know, con condo conversion or new apartment or multifamily property. I'm curious to see what happens in that in that well, space. And, and talking with my banker today, I mean, he he's telling me rates <laughs> sub three and a half percent on big fatty deals like that. Uh, yeah, that's Google. that's how they've all been. They've it's been so cheap. I couldn't believe how cheap that capital was. I mean, our buddy that was doing uh large development projects apartments and and condos in dc i mean his rates were in the twos and they've been in the twos for for years right. um, so that that offset of capital cost against what the project cost is allows them to kind of weather the storm wouldn't you think possibly i mean i don't know what you know if they have calls in some of those things i don't i you know i don't know what's i don't know i, I don't know what i don't know i mean i'm i i stick to my lane like we've all stuck to our lane of you know, single family houses or, or, you know, small, you know, small, small portfolio stuff, stuff that we easy to understand stuff that's local. Right. And speaking of which is the other piece that I wanted to bring up out of all this, I had so much going on yesterday. I, I can't believe this. Um, so I got uh, Jason Schwartzberg, who we had on here, who discussed the PPP shot me an article um, about single family uh, property REITs, you know, like Invitation Homes, American Homes for Rent, Amherst, all these guys, their stock prices are up over 35%. And the reason is, is money's chasing those portfolios because they believe that multifamily is going to have an issue with sanitation, close quarters. Um, and they think over the long haul, there could be a dip in the multifamily space. I don't, this was in the Wall Street Journal. This isn't a Reddit feed. This is like a legit article from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Um, Invitation Homes, I think, owns eighty thousand single-family properties. So just imagine that. Um, 
Well, yeah, then why? But the weird part about that is, then why did these did these institutional back lenders take away their, um, you know, their long term rental product? That product, I always thought there was a need. An institutional back out of state lender doing fix and flip loans, I think, is outrageous. I, I yeah. don't think it's smart. There's a construction component to it. I think that's extremely challenging to number one underwrite on a an after repair value. Underwriting an after repair value if you don't know right. the area is extremely hard. Um, yep. Or any or, or any value. I mean, number one, nobody here is getting appraisals. We don't need appraisals. We know what the values are better than the appraisal. No offense, appraiser, but like we do. Like we have, we're the only one with the economic interest in the property. So it's our job and our high level job is to know how much that property is going to sell for. So we yep. and what that's worth. So that's our you know superpower that we spend time on all of us. So that's that works. I don't know how these out of state companies would always get you know rely on an appraiser to give them the value plus manage construction, plus service these particular loans when there's a construction component to it. They're tough. I mean, just go to a local bank. A local bank will tell you that, that they're, hard, they're hard to begin with and on, a, on a level. I can do that as a, as a small lender because I can manage it because I've got manpower and experience locally and resources to do it. But that being said, so I, I've always believed that the institutional bank lenders should have never been in the fix and flip space. I've always believed, though, that they had they should be in the long term rental space, because let's say a, a, a going rental rate right now is five and a half percent. Is that like a, a normal rate for rental property right now? Maybe a little bit lower, but yes. OK, five percent, whatever. Even at even if it's higher, six, seven, eight percent, there's still there's still a need. And let's be honest, it's a heck of a lot easier to underwrite an income producing property with a long term tenant in there um, with debt service coverage and, and everything else for a solid, savvy real estate investor. That's a good product. I was yeah. super I was super surprised that they stopped that product. I, I really am. I believe that, that that's a good needed product and they make money in them. They're not making money on fix and flip loans. They're just not. Banks don't want to institutional back lenders want their money deployed. They don't want their money to be short term so, so there's two sides of that right and this is my belief this is nothing other than just a hypothetical situation is that uh if you understand part of that market that these guys are super levered up right so yeah if, if the big national lender goes and securitizes this and then the people that securitize it are levered over levered over levered right they have no liquidity right now and then they start getting these margin calls and all that other crap so i think that's part of the reason they shut off number two agreed Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae, we were Freddie Mac. It was we were in the process of doing a major portfolio loan with them, and that whole thing got shut down because of some lobbyist bullshit um, at the government level. So there was some really nice products coming out. The American Realtors Association went out and said, "Well, Imitation Homes owns eighty thousand homes, and they're doing direct to buy, and they're not using realtors." And there's a whole bunch of political shit going on there too. I do agree with you that that securitization or that piece of it and making that loan nationally is way easier than doing a fix and flip nationally a hundred percent but i think as money dried up in the market that's why they all disappeared for now yeah but i think if they come back that's the space that they should you should be in and there's more deals than that there's more there's more money to be made and there's more capacity to be made institutional uh -huh. back lenders don't want to get themselves into an asset class that they can't deploy enough capital from it's just like that's part of the criteria it's not just it's not just one part of will these perform? Will I make money? It's can I deploy money? They're not going to set up a business model to deploy less than a billion dollars, right? What's the point? 
Exactly. Well, and the other thing you got to understand about those companies is that when I, when I talk about being levered upon levered, they're also getting money from Japan and China and wherever else, and they're getting money at 2% and stacking it and stacking it. Um, and that's part of the issues. But I do know that's how some of these companies have grown exponentially is because they're getting cheap money from Japanese banks or wherever else, and they're stacking it and it becomes a return game. So just real quick, I want to read an excerpt from this article. Invitation Homes is up almost 57%. FYI, I don't own any stocks in any of these companies. American Homes for Rent is up 36% um, since the start of this. Uh, there was something else I wanted. Today, the largest companies together own about 300,000 homes, um, with American Homes for Rent being at 53,000. Invi uh, Invitation owns 80,000. Um, and then you also got Redwood Trust, who's a big player, and Amherst Residential, who has about 20,000 homes and we actually had a discussion with them they actually amherst and one of their other partners actually came here to town uh and was sniffing around baltimore so these things are real they do happen to people like us um they are out there and they are actively acquiring when i was talking to guys from amherst at a conference i was at uh who i have a mutual friend with you you, you want to talk about crazy transactions three thousand homes at a time they were selling to one of their end buyers you imagine doing that? I, I can't even do one goddamn transaction. Can you imagine doing three thousand homes? Three thousand homes? Shit's insane. So it's a different level. It's a different. It's a completely different business model. It's not even apples to apples. Like it's just it's it's different and it's fine. I yep. mean, I you want you you know I don't know how these big institutional back lenders who are paused right now of the world. I don't know how the heck they're they're closing hundreds and hundreds of fix and flips a month. I don't. It doesn't make sense. And they don't even know the value of the property. The high, right. they, they don't even know what, you know, they're, listen, when you, when you take, uh, what's a good way to explain this? When you take Excel spreadsheets and you're analyzing your data and you're analyzing your portfolio and you're analyzing all that stuff on that level, it's a different world. It's different. Most real estate investors, lenders, wholesalers, flippers, construction companies in our space, they know exactly the properties that they own. They know the projects they're working on. They have relationships with the clients. It's that simple. I mean, we have over 200 loans on our books. I still know all of the loans, right? There was still a human element that everybody in my company were involved in in order to make it a, a sensible decision if we should invest in that project as well. You know, for the most part, all the streets that you, you know, that, that you have properties on and tenants, like that's what it is. That's the model we live in. So it's uh, hard to think on such a high level. Uh, not a high level on a high, like different degree of business because that's just not. And to this day, I'll be, I'll be the first one to always tell people that real, real estate should be a localized business model. I believe that it, I believe that it should. Yep. Certain asset classes, a hundred percent. It should be localized. I'll tell you a funny story before we roll out. I don't know how many people relate to this, but obviously, or for those that you don't know, I'm a fireman full-time for a major metropolitan city. It may or may not be Baltimore because technically I can get in trouble. However, when we're at work, it's so funny. Like, so the other week we take a, uh, a report of fire off of Bonaparte Avenue. We have a building on Asquith street. So, you know, you gotta understand when, like when the tones go off and they say it's a report of fire, like all hell breaks loose, get in the wagon. I was like, Lieutenant, where are we going? He's like that way. So whatever he like directs me in. I was like, I have no clue where I'm going. He's like, dude, just turn here, turn there. We show up. It was a false call. We go to roll out. And you said, you know, uh, you always know where all your houses are, right? Like that's what you just said for the most part. So we're leaving out of there. I look at my lieutenant. I said, hey, lieutenant, you're going to be mad at me. He said, why is that? I said, see that building on that corner? He said, yeah. I said, 
I own that. He said, you didn't know how to get here. I was like, dude, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, yeah. So yes, I do know where most of my properties are just except when it's on fire. Sometimes I, I completely forget. So well, it was a fire. It was a fire drill. That's why it's yeah. uh, it was, it was a different situation. Chinese. It was fire. a different. It, it, yeah, exactly. So I, uh, I'm gone the rest what's, of the week. What's, what's today? Wednesday? Today's, yeah, today's Wednesday. Wednesday. You're, you're out Thursday and Friday. All right. Well, next, Next week, we got Aaron Foster involved. We're doing a case study. I might do a case study with Aaron on Friday without you, but Friday's also going to be 85 degrees, so I might not I might not do it. We'll see. So Aaron Foster, if not this week, Aaron Foster, case study is a good one. Um, we got that next week. I'm um, forcing Dino Broccolino from SunTrust to come on next week. He already, he already agreed. He just, okay. I was like, you don't have that busy of a schedule. You're in. And then what else you got next week? Uh, Friday, we have Martin Sanez. Uh, he's coming on. Uh, he's going to do a case study on uh, defaulted mortgage notes. That's his specialty. Um, I think it's an industry that's going to have a resurgence here. So it'd be fun to talk about uh, talk with him. He's going to do a case study. And he's also going to let us know about his special interview that he has coming up with a major, major player, um, one of the big guys. So it'd be fun to hear how he scheduled that whole thing and got that done. Um, and about his interview. So that'd be Pete, tech, Pete, Pete text me. I already got that in the works. Pete, you're, dude, you're working in a warehouse, moving medical supplies. You're not going golfing, dude. There's no way. There's no effing way. I, I promise. Pete, you, you missed the invite, bud. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not going golfing either, Pete. I'm not going to be there. I wasn't invited either. So, uh, <laughs> but um, anyway. Well, Pete, if I talk to you more than just on this Facebook chat once a day, I'd, uh, he's stuck in the. I'm telling you, he is stuck in a warehouse moving medical supplies. I promise you that. Pete, if you can come on live right now and show us exactly where we are, I will send you a link. <laughs> he is in a warehouse moving medical supplies. Pete, are you there? It takes yeah, like Pete, I'll send it. Pete, I'm cool with that. Pete, I'll invite you to a nine, uh, a special place tomorrow at 924. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Anyway, hi everyone. Appreciate it. We will. Uh, we, so let's let's do Aaron Monday though, since we're missing Thursday and Friday. One hundred percent. We'll do Aaron Monday. Dino. You're off. You're you're off next week, right? I'm around every like day. Fire, like fire station. I'm uh -huh. here every day, so I'm good. Yeah. No. Monday. <laughs> let's do Aaron. Wednesday. We're doing. Uh, we're doing uh, Dino, and Friday we're doing Martin. So pumped up next week. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, we'll be live on Instagram. If you can't find us on here, it's usually because we're on Instagram. You can find me at Equity Warehouse, uh, Equity underscore Warehouse, or Ian at EquityWarehouse.com. Jason Hard Notice. BS. Jason, Jason at Hard Money, Jason at HardMoneyBankers.com if you need anything. Roll me out. out. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Reserve Podcast. Do us a favor and like, comment, and share our broadcast. It helps the algorithm and helps us spread the word too. Till next time, thank you for tuning in.